When we go through a series like this, it's not uncommon to start to see the inconsistencies in life. We've been talking about the idea of the normal life, pursuing the things that bring you joy and bring you pleasure, just kind of like the next thing that you're pursuing, versus this wild life that we've been talking about. We've been talking about this wild life that God gives us. We talked about hope and value and power and believing that God has that for us. We talked about grace last week. And so maybe last week, during your small group time, you were thinking about stuff, you were sharing, maybe you decided that tomorrow, Wednesday, is going to be the day that I make a decision. I choose to live differently. I'm going to take a different road tomorrow. I'm going to choose to live differently. And maybe you woke up on Wednesday morning, you got ready for school, and by the time you walked through the front doors of your school, that thought you had on Tuesday night when you were all pumped up leaving youth was slowly fading. And maybe it was fading because you were realizing that to really change, to really do those things, you have to fight a lot of different limitations, different things that you're going to come up against. I think for a lot of us, we have places where we feel safe, whether it's with friends or at home, or different places where we can be ourselves. We can be who we really want to be. We can choose to live differently than other people do in those places. And then it's easy to get caught up in the real world where we see other people living the normal life, living for the next pleasure or the next thing that brings them joy or the next adrenaline adrenaline rush as we talked about. And then it's hard when, when the real world keeps feeding us this normal life. And so let me give you two real examples of how this plays out. A roller coaster ride and Mr. Bean on the high dive platform. See, I have grown up with a fear of heights. Not, not an irrational, crushing fear of heights. Just what I would call a healthy fear of heights. And so these two examples are so fitting for me to explain to you tonight. The first, Mr. Bean clip... It's so fitting because I can remember being in grade 4 or grade 5 going to my friend Michael Bitter's birthday party at the Canada Games Pool in, Canada Games Pool in Burnaby. I remember getting there and like seeing the pool and the slide and all of this stuff and then my friends wanted to go and jump off the 5 meter platform. And, yeah, exactly. And so I remember them going and jumping off and I, I, I remember saying like, okay, like my friends are doing it, I, I'm sure I can do it. And I remember climbing up there, and I just, I, I just see myself in Mr. Bean. Because I remember going to the edge and getting freaked out. And like, I remember turning around and the embarrassment of me having to tell other kids to like, move so I could climb down the ladder. And then the embarrassment of like, hanging my head, walking to the slide, and waiting in line while my friends jumped off <clears throat> the high dive board. So I... I I can see myself in that. The other clip was the roller coaster Top Gun from Canada's Wonderland in Ontario. Uh, my fear of heights has followed me through, through the ages. And so when I was, uh, a few years ago when I was a pastor in Ontario, uh, we used to go to Canada's Wonderland every summer. We'd take students there a number of times. I remember the first bus ride on the way there. Uh, Kids were talking about what rides they were going to go on, and our leaders who had been there before were talking, and they started asking me which rides I was going to go on, and I said, I'll I'll hang out with you guys, I'll come walking, but I'm I'm fine to just watch, I'm okay. 
I was, I remember in high school, like, not going on any of the roller coasters at Playland. I would just be the one that watched all the bags while my friends went on the roller coaster. So one of my leaders came up to me and said, if you're going to cure your fear of heights or going on roller coasters, then you need to go on this Top Gun ride. Because it obviously is like top mounted, you sit in a seat and the track is above you and it goes really fast. And he said, if you can go on this ride, then you can go on any other roller coaster in the park. And he was right. I went on that roller coaster and my my fear of roller coasters and a little bit of my fear of heights was cured as well. See, it's one thing to want to live out the wildlife. It's one thing to want to do that, to make that choice, to live out the life that God has created you to live. But it's another to actually take the jump. We talked about, in the first week, value and power and and worth. And we talked about those things, but it's one thing to talk about them, and it's another thing to actually take the jump and believe that those things are true. And for many of us, whenever we think about God, we actually view God across this gap. That there's limitations that freeze us from really taking the jump and living out our wildlife. And one of those feelings that keeps us, or one of those limitations that keeps us from really living that life and really taking that jump is this feeling of being too far from God. Too far from Him to experience what he has that's out of the ordinary, that's not normal, that's actually wild. So that's our first point tonight, too far from God. At one point, Paul, the author of Ephesians, actually feels too far from God. Many denominations and many churches will tell you that Paul is one of the greatest champions of the Christian life. He's one of the greatest champions for Jesus, sharing the gospel through all of his missionary trips like we talked about. But there was a time where Paul felt too far from God. Ephesians 3, 7, and 8, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me, given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. Before Paul was Paul, he was Saul. And Saul's sole mission was to eradicate the gospel, was to eradicate this message of Jesus in, in and around where he lived. And he was going so far as to kill people that said they were Christians. This was Paul's sole mission in life. Talk about being too far from God. And then Paul has this experience while he's traveling in which God meets him and speaks to him, and gives him a new name and a new mission, and he changes from being someone who persecutes and tries to kill not only the gospel but Christians to becoming one of the greatest champions of Christianity and God uh, that the world has ever known. Think about it. Paul went from being unable to be any further from God to having his life and mission become spreading the word and the message so that no one could ever be too far from God. It's these stories that help remind us that Jesus has a passion for all of those that feel too far from God. Maybe tonight you feel like there's something in your past that's just too bad for God to forgive you for. Maybe there's decisions uh, or, or uh, things that you keep coming back to that you know are wrong that you don't think that God will forgive you for. 
And you have to look at this example. This is just one of many that you will find in the Bible where, where Jesus goes out and finds those that are too far from him and tells them that, that they're forgiven and that God loves them and that they're not too far from God, that there's nothing that they can do that will ultimately separate them from the love of God. The second thing is this battling limitations. The enemy, the devil, Satan never takes a break from trying to get us to believe the lie that we are too far from God. No matter if we are just learning about God or if we've known God for a long time, we all struggle with these lies. Some of us believers are even bombarded every day with our limitations. What we've done wrong, what we're addicted to, how we should be doing better, things that we should be doing right. We're bombarded by these things every day. By doing so, the enemy can limit our effectiveness to witness to our friends at school and limit our power to make an impact in this world. There is nothing that Satan can do that can change the fact that if you believe in Jesus, you believe he died on the cross for you, there's nothing that Satan can do that can change the fact that you are a child of God, that you have that relationship with him. However, he can be overwhelming in, his, in trying to limit your, limit your work, be overwhelming with your limitations and shortcomings. Satan can limit your impact you have in extending the family of God and you experiencing the truly wildlife God has created you to live. The moment we put our faith in Jesus, our limitations are put to death, and we are filled with immeasurable hope and value and power through the Spirit of God. Jesus has put our limitations to, de- to death so that we can make a limitless impact. Ephesians three twenty to 21 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, whether you just are starting to learn about God or whether you've known him for a long time, God wants immeasurably more than you can ask or think. He wants immeasurably more than you can make for yourself in this life. And immeasurably more will look different for each one of us. And maybe you're in church for the first time hearing about God tonight, and God wants you to know that there's more to this life than just you trying to figure things out on your own. Maybe you've been coming to youth group for a while now, you've gotten too comfortable. You've gotten stagnant in what you believe. Stagnant in your spiritual growth. God wants you to experience immeasurably more of this life than what you're currently experiencing. So this is the decision that you have to make tonight. If you want the same or if you want more. And this is where the high dive and the roller coaster come in. For me, the high dive is living life on my own. Making my own choices, my own decision, living by my own rules. It's me living on the edge for that next adrenaline rush. My own timing. Just living for that next adrenaline rush. It can be exciting. It can, it can bring me some happiness. But the problem is that it's just me. It's what I can do. It's in my own power. It's in my own timing. And there's limitations on what I can do. The roller coaster for me represents life 
with God. And I'll tell you why. When I walked up to the roller coaster, I had lots of doubts. I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't sure if I would even pass out. I wasn't sure if I was going to scream like a girl once I got on the roller coaster or if maybe I'd throw up. Waiting in line, I started to see more of what I was in for. I saw others riding. I saw others experiencing the roller coaster. I started to notice the warning signs and the guardrails, the supports, the harnesses, and the other safety measures. I still didn't know what the ride was going to be like, but some of the uneasiness started to go away in line. Once my time finally came, I still had doubts. I still was unsure. I wasn't extremely excited, but, but I'd waited this long, so I went for it. And it was immeasurably more than I thought it would be, just sitting in line waiting for my turn to come. And see, life, life with God is like this too. See, I think we all have doubts. We all don't know what to expect. Hopefully through watching and listening to other people's experiences of God, listening to your leaders and the way they talk about their relationship with God, maybe you can get a sense of what you're in for. You may start to notice the things that God's laid out for you, for your safety, the rules and commands and advice that he gives. Not to ruin your experience or ruin your fun, but to enhance that ride, to enhance your life experience. You don't always know what life is going to be like. There's definitely an element of faith that comes from trusting God. God wants you to know that once you make the decision to allow him into your life, that it's okay to still have doubts, to still have questions, but to trust him through the process. He wants you to experience immeasurably more than you thought you ever would on your own, no matter what immeasurably more looks like for each and every one of us. But he wants you to experience more than just standing on the side watching your friends go off the high dive or standing on the side wondering what it would be like to go on that roller coaster. When it comes to your relationship with God, do you want the same or do you want more? And for some of you tonight, that will mean that you don't know anything about God and you want to start knowing more about God. For some of you, it will mean that you've grown up in church and you know the right answers when you're asked and your parents bring you to church. And maybe that means that you're going to start choosing for yourself why, why you come to church, why you come on Tuesday nights, if your relationship with God is even important to you. And let's not forget that there's some of you here that, that, are, that, are, on, that are on the ride, that are experiencing God, that you're doing things uh, that are building that relationship. You're talking to God. You're praying. You're being sensitive to the things that he's doing around you. You're, you're hearing him. You're listening to him. You're reading your Bible. You're talking to your friends. I don't want to make it all sound like there's, there's not people like that here that are, that are living the life already. But this is what you need. Even for those people that are doing well, there's still more that God wants for you. So do you want to continue to have moments with God only, your moments to be with God only to be during the services on Sunday or your small group time or just Tuesday nights? Or do you want more each and every day? Do you want to continue to keep your faith to yourself at school or put your neck on the line in an effort to help other people to know Jesus? Do you want to continue to remain in a spiritual rut? Or do you want Jesus to continue to move you to be more like Christ, to have immeasurably more, to live that wild life? Do you want the same, or do you want 
immeasurably more. My question tonight is, do you want the high dive or do you want the roller coaster? Let's pray. God, we thank you for this evening. God, I thank you that you want immeasurably immeasurably more for each and every one of us. That whether we believe in you, whether we are aware of you all the time, that doesn't mean that you aren't working, that you aren't wanting to have a relationship with us, that you aren't wanting to be there through, through the things that are good, through the things that are tough, when things are going hard, when things are going well. God, I just thank you that you are there. God, I thank you that, that I can do life on my own, but that you, you want immeasurably more from me. That you want me to rely on you all the time. And so I just thank you that we have that choice, that we're not forced, that we can choose to allow you to come into our life. God, I just pray that for, for each of us as we're in different places and, and different, different spots on our journey, God, that you would just continue to speak to us, continue to use people around us to encourage us. God, allow us to express our doubts and our questions and to find people that we can ask and that will give us good answers and good wisdom when it comes to that, God. We just thank you that you have been here with us tonight, that you'll be with us during our small group time. We thank you for how much you love us and you care for us. In your name, amen.